This is it, our final segment of my interview with my oldest son, Jared. In our last episode, we saw things shift and he started climbing out of his pit. I can't wait to share about how he's doing today. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back. When I invited my son, Jared, to share his story, I didn't know that it would span over seven podcast episodes, but here we are. If you've missed episodes 26 through 31, please go back and listen to them. I don't think you'll regret it. On this episode today, we are going to talk about my realizing I needed to let go and give God more room to work in Jared regarding his faith. Jared is also going to share a little wisdom with young people, parents, pastors, any caring adult from his experience of having been drowning in his own pit. Let me begin by saying that Jared is managing his depression well. He has included physical exercise and just an awareness of being able to look for signs when he starts to feel himself sinking. He maintains solid grades, a part-time job, and relationships with his family and friends. And he is stepping out of his comfort zone in some new ways this year by connecting with others. That said, I want to reflect right now on what it was like for me to realize that God didn't really need me to bring Jared back to him. You know, even in that, somewhere in that, I had to step back and realize that one of my greatest fears was you not following faith. And I don't exactly remember when in the story I kind of stepped back and stopped pushing faith because the reality is. It wasn't even an issue any more of him going to church or joining a Christian group on campus. The reality was we he just needed to be pulled from the clutches of the enemy and he just needed to be making safe and healthy choices. And, you know, stepping back and letting that go and just saying, you know, I'm not the person that's going to bring him back to Jesus. So in this all, I stopped trying to be the one that would lead him to God again. And we knew it was in him, but we knew he had to find his way back. So then I started praying for people. I start, and I still pray for that, that, you know, people will bring him closer to God or he'll meet someone that'll make him want to be excited about his faith again. And, you know, but I will tell you that the other piece is his faith doesn't have to look like mine. You know, it was a growing moment for me that I don't get to control his faith any more than I get to control his life. And he gets to make those choices for himself. He needs to figure out his own relationship and what faith looks like for him and all young people do. And so it's just not a magic age that you figure it out. Or when you turn 18, you figure it out. This whole faith relationship, your whole life is something you work on. And that's not a fear anymore because I've seen God rescue him from some of the worst moments and walk us through it as well that I know God's not done working in it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it is everybody's faith looks different and I'm still, I'm still working 
on mine because I think part of it is, um, you know, at that point where I was so low and I was trying to, I was so deep in uh, the devil's clutches that um, God wasn't really a part of my life at that point. And it's slow. And, you know, I've started to slowly take steps, you know, to get that back to that with, even with my depression, you know, there's still, it's not, depression is not just something that goes away um, ever. It's something you always will have. You'll always battle and struggle with, but um, it's a lot less now, but there always have been, there have been slip ups with my depression and starting to fall back into that, that place I was, but I, I always get myself out of that with help from you and dad and God and I'm starting to put my faith back into God a lot more because I was during that, my really dark period in my life, I was in control of my own life or that's at least how I saw it. I was taking control and making my decisions and it's getting to the point where I'm starting to release, you know, the reins that I have on my life that I have been held so tightly and be like, you know what? God's got a plan for me. I just need to, and he'll show me the way I need to go. And if one door closes, that does, that just means that there's another one open that he will show me when the timing is right. And it's that, that's something I've, I had struggled with for a while is just letting someone else, you know, take control and help me along the way. I don't have to do this by myself. It actually, I shouldn't do it by myself because clearly we've seen what happens, what I do. So I'm really, that's something I've been really working on and trying to strive for it is, you know, being okay with, with having, not knowing what, what's going to happen in the future, not having to worry about taking control and trying to do something with it myself and just being, sitting back and being like, you know what, I'm just going to keep working hard, keep working on myself and God will eventually show me where I need to, where I need to go. Your dad and I, in our own minds have played, what should we have done differently? We've played the what if game. How many times have we played that? Right. And I guess that'd be my question is what would you tell us we should do? We should have done differently. Would have anything made a difference? At a certain point, I don't think anything you would have done would have made a difference, but I think early on, you definitely, I think pushed and you, you know, being mama bear, try, try to, you know, grip and kind of take hold and try to direct me down the path. And then at that point, I was just like, I was so annoyed when you would do that. So I would say, you know, you know, there's two ends of the spectrum. I think finding that balance in the middle where it's, you know, you can direct them, you know, back to where they should be without having without making it feel like you know you're the one doing it and making them kind of feel like they're growing and they're ta- having to take some responsibility for that kind of you put like a safety bubble around me and if i got too close to that bubble you'd be like nope 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 get back further inside i think that bubble was really i thought was really tight around me so i would always try and burst that bubble and pop and break through i think relaxing a little bit sometimes would have been would have been good but it got to the point it got so bad with me just saying yeah 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 I think you guys got frustrated and then I get frustrated that we were having the same conversation over and over again that I think 
the more we had those conversations, I think the quicker it turned south, you know, I'd be, I'd come angry to the conversation right away and closed off. So I think, and I think we then would all kind of be pretty quick to anger when that started to happen. So I think as much for you as, as for me, I think it's, it'll be, it's sometimes good to, you know, take a step back, really, you know, calm everyone's emotions and then go back into it. Cause I remember even when I started to that summer, um, I was home and then that fall semester I was home. I think that was the biggest thing that we did that helped me was we still had the, I still had, you know, those stubborn moments when I'd go in the conversations really closed off and we'd get angry and then we'd step away. And I think we'd come back later. And then that was like the biggest turning point thing. I think for me was we'd come back later and we'd have all that anger would be gone and we just would, we'd talk about it. And then that's really when we, we come back and then that's when, you know, the conversation became really beneficial. Cause then at that point I was open to hearing it. Everyone was, was in the conversation and wanted to have that conversation. Do you think some of that was because you were in a different place? Cause had we yeah, even done absolutely. those same things, yeah. even, and we never started angry, but do you think that a year before it wouldn't have mattered because you didn't want to have yeah. the conversation. Right. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it would have mattered. And I think every, I think every kid is, is different. Cause I think there were definitely would be kids that would be in my situation that right away um, at the beginning would have listened to it. And I just was not that kid. I had to, I had to get, you know, six feet down before I could let anybody else pull, pull me back up and help me get back up. You talk about anger and I would say lots of things can drive our anger. And it was really not anger as much as it was fear. And even right. sometimes desperation, like just we saw you and, and you say you only fell six feet. I would say you were much further than six feet. Right. And, you know, I just think there's this peace and not even exasperation, but it's just this fear and, and just this weakening, like you know, we saw you sink and your depression just fully take over. And it really became more depression than it was even an issue around alcohol. And I just feel like we were sinking. And so, and it's interesting, right? As your kid is sinking, you feel some of that sinking and you feel that weight pulling you down as well. But we've come so far and I, and I want to celebrate that. Like we've had two summer vacations together where we've laughed and where we, we see Jared again, the, the kid we like to be around that's funny and that's witty. I mean, we love being around him and we kind of felt like, especially this summer, our family felt together again in some ways. And there's been so much healing. And so where are you at with your friendships or your relationship with your siblings? I think with them and then with myself and then with you guys as well, it's just, it's so much better. I think it's even, I'd argue to say it's better than when, than before I went through all this. I, because we all have that sense of vulnerability with one, with one another that we all know what we, I feel like we're a lot more open as a family as to what's going on with, with each other. We have trust in the other person that, you know, they'll care for us. They'll be there and they understand what we're going through. With Jacob, you know, I'm just so proud of him. I'm just so proud of him and happy, you know, who he's becoming. And I think, you know, 
he'll have his own issues, obviously, but I think he's got a lot more level head than, than I did over the last year and stuff. I've started to, I've talked to Jake, you know, a little bit about, you know, what I went through and everything I did. And I always go back to saying, I'm not, I'm always going to be, I'm going to be worried about, about you a little bit. Cause I don't want you to do the same things I did, but I, I'd always, I always end up saying, you know, I trust you. You got a good head on your shoulders. And basically if you think I would have done it back then, don't do it is essentially what I'm saying. And then with my sister, it's really funny. I just, that the, she's such a goofball and she's also quite a bit like me. Um, but she also has a better head on, on her shoulders, I think, than, than I do. I love who she is. She's so comfortable with herself. And I really want to, I really, she, she's very motivating in that way that she's very confident in herself. And I just, I, I try to, to take a little bit of that and, you know, feel comfortable, try to be as comfortable with myself uh, as she is. Cause she's just, you know, she doesn't really care what other people think. And she's, she's all out there. And if you don't like who she is, you know, that doesn't bother her because she's going to be who she is. And she's so comfortable with herself that, you know, it's really inspiring to me. And I just love that about her. Some of our heartache as a family was our broken relationships with Jared. And to have seen the shift back to healthy relationships as a family and to see your relationships with your siblings grow has just been amazing and a blessing from God. And I, so I just want to thank you for sharing your story, Jared, because, you know, I'm so cautious that it's your story. We have a story too, that is tied and intertwined with it, but you know, it's bold and it's courageous that you're willing to share this with my listeners. And, and I just thank you for that, you know, because there was a time where you didn't want to talk about it. What changed that you're willing to share your story now? I think it's the fact that, well, I'm in such a better place now um, and I'm comfortable with myself and I'm happy of, I'm happy with who I am, but I'm not content with who I am. I, I want to keep growing as a person and keep, you know, having good experiences, not bad experiences like I was having. I'm coming back to, to God, which I think having a relationship with God, it, you know, when you have that, you don't need to worry about anything else because all that matters is, you know, how he sees you. It also, it's not that it happened a long time ago, but it's, I'm at a point where I know what happened and I'm not, obviously there, there's a lot better ways I could have gone about learning some of the lessons I, I learned, but I'm also weirdly appreciative of that time that I went through and I'm a more appreciative of you and, and more appreciative of God because there's a lot of different endings that could have happened with where I was at. And I think if it wasn't for God and it wasn't for you, you know, always banging on that door, trying to fight for me every last inch, I don't think, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't be here, but I, I don't think I'd be as far along, you know, with my growth as a person as I would have been. So I think all that has just made me really open and to and comfortable, you know, with talking about it. Cause it's part of who I am. That is part of who I am. That's part of my story. And there's kids and there's parents that can hear this story and, you know, be inspired or, 
you know, learn something from it. And I think that's just a little bit selfish from me if I don't share that experiences and share what's important. And then they can compare that to where I am now and be like, oh, wow, he was able to turn from that kid who hate ended up hating himself and didn't know who he was and was so lost and depressed. And then now he's turned in, into this kid who's doing well in school, who's happier with himself, who's happy, who's, you know, got a good group of friends around him now at school and who's just, who's started to take more responsibility. You know, it's just starting to become more comfortable with who he is. You know, I think that can help a lot of people. So if you could tell young people, tweens and teens who are struggling, or if you could just give them one piece of advice, what would it be? The one thing I would say is when other people are trying to help, you need to let them. You can't, you're not meant to do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. It's phys- it's just impossible for someone to, you know, go through all that and go through life on their own. You know, your parents are there for a reason and a reason, and they're there to guide you and direct you and help you become the person, you know, they know you can be. So, and it's not even just parents, you know, if it's friends or, you know, a pastor or, you know, uh, just anybody, you know, you need to, if they're offering help, let them help. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? But at least, you know, you're trying. And I think that's part of the reason I got so bad was I didn't try and I didn't let other people help. So I think if there's one thing I've learned, it's when other people offer the help, you need to let them help because that's they're they're coming from a good place and they just want to see you do well. And so if you could tell a parent or a youth pastor or any caring adult who has a young person in their life that is really struggling and seems far from God, what would you tell them to give them hope? God has a plan and it's not, you know, it's his plan. It's not your plan. You know, you got to pray, trust in him, but also don't give up on your kid. Cause no matter I was, there's so many times that you could have given up on me. And I'm so thankful that you, you didn't, because if you did, you know, I wouldn't be here right now in this way. So don't, I'd say, you know, pray, trust in, trust in God that, you know, his plan is what's best for you and your family and that person. And just don't, don't give up on your kid. Just keep fighting. Even if he's not, even if they're not receptive of it, just keep, you know, keep fighting for that, that person because of how much you love them and how much you appreciate them and how much hope you have in them to, you know, turn it around. Well, that wraps up our series on finding my way with Jared Schroeder. We saw Jared at his lowest, but we also see him in a better and healthier place. My parenting was not perfect, but my faith carried me through. I want to encourage you to join me on our next podcast episode, where I'm going to talk about moving past hurt and brokenness after you've walked through a struggle with a young person. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.